Welcome back to the show. This is Brian. And John. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice that can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week, and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. And John, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Little, little bad news. Tiny, insignificant bad news. Uh, I had to have a follow-up appointment with the dentist. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I am not only Novocaine'd up again, but... Uh, it is actually, I, I guess I didn't feel like I got my money's worth last time. <laughs> and half, my my entire left half of my face is numb. Like, so I have earbuds in to talk to you. I can't even feel the earbud in my left ear. Like, <laughs> is it in there? I don't know. It could be. I hope so. Who knows? That's, well, that's how numb I am. You sound good enough to me. So it, it sounds like it's coming through. Nice and crisp. I don't hear a numb jaw on my end. We'll see if I get really tongue-tied later. Yeah, and then we can blame that, right? Yeah. What do you got going on? Well, recently I I started to read for pleasure a little bit. Um, So I picked up a a book the other day, and I haven't been able to put it down. Um, Preface this by saying not a book pod, not a book review pod at all, but I'm reading The Tiger by John Valiant. And nice. man, it's cool. What's that about? Yeah, so it's a nonfiction narrative uh, about this tiger attack in Far East Russia in like '97, and it's just following the team, which, mind you, translates to Inspection Tiger, which sounds just pretty badass in my opinion. They're you know tracking down the cause. It sounds and, like a tiger that goes and solves mysteries, to right? Me. Right, Inspection Tiger. <laughs> But it's it's been pretty good, so I've been enjoying that. And outside of that, Rachel and I have picked up walking after dinner again, so burning off some calories, feeling fit. That's a good thing to do. As I erase everything that I you know did on that walk by eating and drinking all of my calories away. So nah, yeah. you know, I look at it this way: one, it's still burning some; two, it's a good thing to do with your significant other, especially in this work from home environment where we're around each other but not with each other during the day and three it's a nice way to to segment the day because we don't have a commute it's good to go on a walk to kind of train your brain i'm not working this was my line in the sand i'm home now i like that that's a that's a good way to look at it well so to bring it back to the uh the tiger story a little bit um a lot of these guys are former uh military and um you know just basically like kind of vagabonds so in the world's worst transition um we're going to talk about org structures today (laughs) did you like that was that smooth at all brian (laughs) that was smooth as gravel yeah no that was really good right thank you so it was i'm only actually half listening because i'm in my head i'm singing inspector tiger (laughs) you know what that's not bad either so is that copyright infringement uh, we're gonna find out if that if it goes really quiet at that point in the episode. The, you know what happened. Worst, that'd be the worst reason to get sued ever. Yeah, to get DMCA'd. I think is what they call it. So yeah, we're not gonna do that. I think most of us come from organizations with clearly defined org charts and structures. You have your boss. I have my boss. 
his boss reports to her boss and her bosses report to the big boss or something like this, right? But lately we've seen some organizations abandon this vertical structure and move to a more fluid and cross-functional and even lateral organizational chart. Most of the time, I would say it makes sense. Why should I report to the head of accounting if I work on the consulting team? However, we've run into some examples lately of these lines being skewed even within our own verticals. How do we combat against any confusion or take advantage of our org structure and maybe create clearly defined roles for ourselves and teammates? Regardless of our level of support or spot on the totem pole, if you will, we can carve out our own roles and clearly define those roles for ourselves with a little bit of practice. Let's work on that together. All right, Brian, so let me ask you something. You probably are like me and you're familiar with reporting to people who report to other people, working up that vertical org chart, right? Yeah, I would say certainly in the role I'm in right now, uh, I'm, I'm in a pretty vertically aligned org chart, yeah. Is this kind of old school thinking? I've been thinking about this lately, and is it still make sense, or are we just kind of creating worker bees, if you will? I don't know. I, I think there are times it definitely does make sense, but... On one hand, I know we're not a business podcast, but something about that vertical org structure, it just screams, in some cases, it screams inefficiency to me insofar as if I have something I need to boost up the chain and that escalation is a slow process, it can just feel like I'm tearing my hair out trying to, to wait for the vertical chain to do its thing. Well, that's a good question even. Does the org chart just exist for the sole purpose of escalation at this point? Did we create these roles just so somebody knows who to complain to and who's going to maybe crack some skulls if things aren't going well? That's kind of my experience lately. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And at the end of the day, a lot of times, and I'm going to speak from the perspective of somebody who hasn't really worked for a large company. I think I've talked about before the the first company I worked for was a five person team when I joined. We only got to thirty, and even now I'm not working for a huge company. So this is a lot of outside looking in. And John, I know you've worked for big companies, so you probably have something to say here. When you have a big company and a lot of moving parts, and I I hate to call people moving parts, but you know there it is. It's you have to have some level of SOP, some level of understanding about a process in case this or that goes wrong or unforeseen circumstances arise. So in those cases, that vertical org chart, I guess, makes sense because it does have clear lines of delineation, or at least should have clear lines of delineation about who's in charge of what and, and what escalates where. Well, speaking purely from experience and anecdotal evidence, <laughs> what else is new on this pod? Um, you and I, we've specifically worked on projects and on teams that we've consulted with other teams, so an implementation team or, or something like that. And there were times to where me, myself, I didn't know who specifically was outside of the project manager who was really managing the project. So sure. uh, to that point, you know, maybe that's where the vertical org chart comes in handy, but at the same time, maybe that's a time where a cross-functional or a lateral org chart is needed. So, which brings me to my next question. How often are you consulting um, a RACI? So, responsible, accountable, consulted, and informed, right? So, how often are you consulting that, Brian, in your day-to-day? -day? 
Not as often as... And, and this is coming from somebody who part of my day job is building races. I don't consult them nearly as much as I should. But yeah, and, and something that makes this conversation particularly relevant to me. You know what I watched last night? For the first time in years, Office Space. And I just have this this TPS report floating around my brain as we talk about this. We have probably referenced Office Space at least once every episode, I think, at this point. I know there was it's a like conversation 25 before. 25 years old, still relevant. Yeah, we've got conversations about the Bobs, right? Didn't you ask if, if, yeah. if you were the Bobs, right? So Yeah. But I guess the only time I've ever come across you know, consulting the racy, funny enough, I feel like it's been to prove a point. It's it's been to almost be like a gotcha moment in the sense to where it was like, well, no, that's not my job. You were supposed to do that, or no, typically this person handles it. And I feel like we're probably better off maybe just kind of either consulting that at the beginning of the project as a as a team, or at the very least having that front and center so we know what those roles and responsibilities are. I don't know if this is coming off too preachy or not, but. We should be looking at that pretty often so we know who's responsible for what. And I definitely don't see enough of that every day. The way I look at it a lot of times, and I agree with you, is when I'm painting where I a painter and I'm coming up with something spontaneously, I'm, I'm putting paint on canvas to, to create a picture. That's one thing. Guy next to me that's painting by numbers might make a very nice looking picture. But it's very cookie cutter. It's very by the numbers, as as the name implies. <laughs> and I think what you're getting at a little bit maybe is we live and work in dynamic situations. And a racy exists to kind of make the unknown or the potentially highly variable nature of a project a bit more paint by numbers. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes it works very well. But other times, it's you don't really have room to move and shake and and respond to a situation organically. I I really like that analogy, and for once, it's not food or animals. So by all means, you know, keep it we coming. Keep say, we keep saying that, but I have a great track record of not doing food analogies on this podcast. I just want to point that out. I probably yeah, <laughs> I I am definitely bringing in too much of our. Of, of our work experience. Yeah, sorry, folks. But just know that Brian does it. He does it. It's like a pork loin. This whole world, racy is like a pork loin. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, no, I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta let it it's slow It's like a cook, club right? sandwich. It has different layers. Some are crunchy, some are savory. It's like an onion. It's like a detective who's actually a tiger. <laughs> Detective Tiger. So uh, another tangent here. Uh, my my band that we listened to on a previous episode, we had a song called Scientist Tiger. So <laughs> oh my there you God, go. We the, have Inspector that's Tiger. The duo that, Scientist Tiger is the guy in the back. He's like Alfred in the Batcave. Yeah. He, he's like the, the, the brains behind it. And Inspector Tiger is the, the brawn. He's the action guy. This is We got to make this a series. So the idea was Scientist Tiger is just basically Tony the Tiger with a lab coat and, and glasses <laughs> on. So that's what the image is. Is that is the in entire inspiration for the song? Pretty much, yeah. The song has nothing to do with an actual Scientist Tiger. We had just created backstories for characters that were never referenced in songs and thought it would be great. Uh title of the song so scientist tiger uh, was born i feel like this is kind of maybe somewhat of a boring topic this isn't necessarily 
the sexiest conversation, right, Brian? Despite our best efforts to talk about both scientists and inspector tigers. Um, so maybe let's take another example. Let's put this through another lens, looking at maybe you know, armies or Marines or things like that. They have a structure, right? You know, and it's pretty much very linear, very uh, vertical, and pretty consistent across all the different wings. My, my question is, is, does this structure work? Is it effective for what they're doing? I would say probably hell yeah, right? Yeah, I think it, again, kind of ties back to the paint-by-numbers idea where, look, if you're in the military odds are you could see a combat situation in a case like that you don't want to have to think about new and exciting ways to approach the management structure of your team right you you need to know this person's in charge of that so you can almost instinctively know what has to happen or what should happen next in a firefight situation or a a heavy stress situation so yeah i think it makes sense there yeah there's that chain of command so you know, using that same logic or that same reasoning, does it make sense to use that in the corporate world? Are we creating employees or soldiers here? I, I think it's important to understand in stressful situations who I escalate to. But at the end of the day, what we've always been advocating for is not only work-life balance, but creative ways of working. And I think this vertical org structure isn't necessarily the most adept or conducive to creating this creative work environments and sorry for saying creating creative i'm okay i'll allow it i'll allow it so i guess the big question is is why do i even care right so when we come back i'll talk about why i specifically care and i'll share a little story with all of you and we can sit and um, sit cross-legged and tell our stories and, you know, share with one another. You share, I share, right? Campfire going on. Exactly. Kumbaya. So not too long ago, I was in a situation not too dissimilar from what I described earlier, working with a different team, working with different folks from those teams. So a project manager and an implementation manager and an analyst and a senior analyst and a consultant and everybody. Everybody was working on this project and I had to consult with different folks and work with different teams to solve the problem for the clients, right? What that also created was a new set of problems on my end that I didn't anticipate because I wasn't the most senior person on our team working on this project. So that meant I had to start reporting to somebody else on our team. And it felt a little weird because it was never clearly communicated to me who I should be reporting to on a daily basis, why I should be reporting to this person, and what really responsibilities and authority they really had to guide me through this project. So you know what ended up happening? I had three separate meetings each week as a check-in for the same project. And I found myself repeating myself three times each week, just giving the same update. You were in office space. Yes, I really was. three different bosses, Bob. Yep. And at the end of the day, 
I don't know why person A cared about what I was telling person B because those were completely different work streams. And at the end of the day, person A told me to stop even filling them in on that part of it. So our conversations went from 15 minutes to all of about two minutes and him telling me I can leave the call early, but I couldn't take it off my calendar. The point I want to make is it's important to know who I'm reporting to and why I'm reporting to that person, lest I save myself basically 45 minutes to an hour of my week each week. And not to mention, I'm trying to fight against pointless meetings because Brian told me that's what I'm supposed to do a couple episodes ah, ago. That's right. Yeah, uh, call out. Uh, that's going to be, for anybody interested, episode three, if you want to go back and learn how to fight against pointless meetings. So, Brian, have you ever been in a situation like this? Have you ever been in office space yourself? Oh, definitely. I think everybody really has. And it's it's one part disorganization within an organization and another part, uh, I think a big issue is siloing, right? We, If we're working for a not even big company, medium-sized company, there's some level of siloing and some level of the right hand doesn't know what the left one is doing. And that's exactly what happens. You know what the kicker of all of this was, too? I would still have these aha and gotcha moments from my boss reaching out to me saying, why didn't we do this or why wasn't this person informed? So it didn't even matter, really, these update meetings that I was having. They really just felt like really vanity projects for all of us. It was practice for person B to get used to being a manager, it felt like. It was really not for me, and it felt like it was kind of self-flattering. You know, I don't know if it was self-indulgent, maybe. I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is now, how do we kind of combat against this? How can we live and die within a fluid structure or a vertical structure? Maybe not die. Sorry to go there. But <laughs> how, do, how do we do this? I, I, I've been thinking about this, racking this over in my brain, figuring out what I want to do and how I can do it. And I'm happy to report, dear listener, that I, I've, I'm a hypocrite. I haven't been able to do any of it. But I've been trying. So maybe heed my advice more than I've been able to follow my own advice. I, I wouldn't blame you for that. And I think a uh, emerging trend and a lot of what we talk about here is, yeah, the issues we talk about, there's some things that we can do on our end to, to solve the issues that we have with our own balance. But a lot of what we talk about is structural change. It's organizational change. And we're not always going to have the ability to make a, a, a big move when it's not our move to make. And is it a cop out to say maybe that's one of the reasons you should look for a new gig? I don't know. But what I can say is this, we have to have jobs that work with our brain chemistry. And some people's brain chemistry is going to work really well with that defined structure even to the point of being a, a bureaucratic nightmare. Other people, and John, I'm obviously sensing this about you and your frustration with it during this episode, some people want a more fluid, flexible relationship with their peers, their bosses, and the projects they're working on. If you don't have that, yeah, see what you can do to change mentalities inside, but maybe look for an organization that better fits your, again, brain chemistry. And is that really, maybe I'm off here, but isn't that really what's at the root of modern industrial and organizational psychology, right? Understanding how the worker fits into all of this and how we can create the best, and I don't want to say this in a negative connotation, but the best machine for all of us, right? Sure. 
No, I, I think you're right. And it's, it's one of those things where, look, it, what is an organization? You know, it's a, it's a collection of people. It's, it's not the, as much as it pains me to say, because a lot of what I do is writing process and SOP documents for my clients, but a, a company is not a collection of process and SOP documents. A company is not even a collection of people. It's the relationships between those people is what a company is. Culture. You yeah. know, to put it in one word for me, culture. There you go. You can just cut out the last minute of me talking. Just say culture. <laughs> right. But to back it up a little bit, some thoughts I had on how we can combat this a little bit. One thing, I think I teased it a little bit. So to fully Tarantino this episode, maybe not review the racy line by line, but have a high-level discussion or understanding of who's responsible for what, what we're going to do, when we're going to do it. I don't care if that's too granular. That might be the best way to combat it if you're struggling with these type of things. So do that. Also, be clear on what you're doing on the team and the team structure. In my situation that I described earlier, I didn't really bring it to my boss. So shame on me. I should have brought it up to them and said, hey, how can I fix this? Or do I report to person B because X, Y, and Z all seems to point to that? Why am I why am I reporting the same thing to Bert? Why am I reporting both the same thing to person A and to person B? Maybe you can help me understand that, boss. Thank you. You're the fearless leader who is so smart and you know what's best. You know, it you're not always going to agree with it, but at least having an understanding can maybe help you tolerate it or live with it a little bit. And I know we're the big balance, but you know, in this case maybe the big compromise is what you're looking for. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one thing I like to do to, to stir things up, and, and anybody who ever works with me, you know, uh, see, this is this is my, my numb mouth. Anybody who ever works with me knows that I, I don't deal in ambiguities. I don't like them. I don't think they have a lot of place in a team environment where you need to know, John, to your point, what the other person's doing and, and to what extent they're doing it. It's one thing to ask people to clarify their roles and responsibilities in relation to you. But I find that that's still a hypothetical Ivy Tower conversation 80% of the time. So what I would say to do, if anybody out there is finding themselves in a situation where this vertical org structure is just so complex and, and massive that they don't know where they fit and what their responsibilities are, throw a for instance out there. And this is what I'll do every time I kick off a new project with a new team. Let's go over some specific examples. I'm going to throw a for instance out at you and say, what if this happens? Who owns it? Whose neck is the one getting choked? And people who might be familiar with that racy will look at you wide-eyed and, and completely deer in the headlights and say, I don't know. You know, nobody really thinks about the racy in practice. So, I would say come up with circumstances that might occur throughout the course of a project or whatever you're working on and say, who is in charge of this? Who owns it? Who has to live up to it? Who's supporting that person? And who needs to know about the decisions that person's making? I really like that, Brian, and a couple key takeaways from all of that. One, can we copyright or trademark a for instance? So put that in air quotes, specifically calling it uh for instance because i like that that's great no i know i have but has it been trademarked or anything yet because (laughs) i i love it we're gonna do it it's it's a big balance thing second you are really good at doing that and i know we talked about this a couple episodes ago 
being clear at the end of a call saying, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, this is why we're doing it, and this is when we're doing it, all that fun stuff. So to your point and to your character, I guess, keep doing that because that's a good way to... My Inspector Tiger character? That's the character <laughs> I want to play. That you, is you, You've character. sold me on it. I'm hooked. And I will be Scientist Tiger, so this is perfect. <laughs> yep, I know what I'm for Halloween this year. Nice. Big balance Halloween party. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, to put a nice big bow on this episode, I'm going to give Brian, you and I, clear roles and responsibilities for the next week. And I'm also going to give you, the listener, some clear roles and responsibilities. Brian, this week, I want to make sure you don't have any trips to the dentist. I want no oh, more God. of that. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> for myself... Continue going on the walks. Uh, seems to be doing great. We, we're enjoying that. And for you, the listener, leave us a review and a comment. And be sure to like and subscribe, all that fun stuff, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to you know leave us a comment. Uh, shoot us an email. Leave us a voicemail. Cool. Thank you. You listen to The Big Balance. Bye. <laughs> for the sake of it being the end of the episode anyway, if we're going to pander... You know, just to give a little bit of a view of how this podcast is going, look, we have more listeners every month than the month before it, but what would really help us is if you guys do, go leave us a comment, leave us a, a review, and that's going to really help us grow this thing even faster. In all seriousness, yeah, that would be great. Um, thank you for listening. Go ahead, like, and subscribe. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.